If you've got your Bible this morning, open up to 1 Samuel chapter 4. Uh, we've got to get started. And uh, I'm going I'm to talk this morning about, about three pregnant people, three pregnancies uh, in Scripture, three different uh, people that are with child. And uh, I know that many people, they're already traveling this week, and some of you won't be here this weekend. You'll be traveling out of town. Uh, so, so this is kind of part one, I guess, of a Christmas message. If I don't get to see you next Sunday, at least you'll get some of it today. And, uh, but, but I want to look at three different pregnancies uh, in Scripture. I want to look at Old Testament pres- uh, pregnancy. I want to look at New, Te- New Testament pregnancy. And I want to look at uh, a current day uh, pregnancy. So we're going to start in 1 Samuel chapter 4. And uh, just, to, just to give you a little backstory on this particular uh, girl that's, that, that's pregnant with child. About to have uh, a baby. The circumstances that she's about to have this child are less than ideal. In fact, they're really tragic, uh, tragic circumstances that we find this woman in. Uh, the, the day that she gives birth, the time that she gives birth... 30,000 Jewish people have just been killed. 30,000 people. And the reason that they've been killed or how they've been killed is the Philistines, which were enemies uh, to the nation of Israel. The Philistines came into the nation of Israel and plundered them, beat them. It was a war between the Jewish people and between the Philistines. And the Philistines came in. They killed 30,000 of the Jewish men. And, uh, and then the Bible says next they stole the ark of God. And if you were here the past few months, uh, we did a whole series on the tabernacle and on the ark of God. And, and uh, if you don't know what that is, basically it was a gold box. God told Moses, he says, I want you to make a gold box. Inside that gold box, I want you to put the Ten Commandments. I want to put, you to put Aaron's rod. I want you to put some manna. And I want you to put this golden box inside a tent called the tent of meeting or called the tabernacle. And, and, and the high priest is going to go into this tent and he's going to stand before this gold box. And he's going to, I'm going to meet with my people there. At that place, God says, I want to be with you. How many of y'all know God still wants to be with us? He still wants to be with us. His original plan with, with Adam in the Garden of Eden is God wanted to, to, wanted to be with humanity. And that got messed up. So then he, he, he orchestrates this gold box, this tabernacle where the high priest would come into the tabernacle. And, and that's where God would be with man on the earth. And it was their most, their, their most treasured piece of furniture. And, and I use furniture lightly whenever I call the Ark of the Covenant furniture. How I many of know you're not going to go get it at Hal? You're not going to go to Ashley and pick up an Ark of the Covenant, right? Uh, it, it just ain't going to happen. Who's the new Chip? What's that guy's name? He's got the new home makeover show, Chip and that other. Aren't they the, what's their names? Joanne, aren't they the cutest little couple? Yeah, but you're not going to get an ark from, from Chip and Joanna. God bless their souls. But uh, they're, they're not going to make one for you. This is the most valued. If you ever watch Indiana Jones, I watched it last week with Noble. They're, they're looking for the ark of the covenant. This is the most cherished piece uh, in the tabernacle. Because this is where God met or God was with his people but the Philistines they come in they kill 30,000 of them and they take the ark of the covenant they steal the meeting place they steal God's presence 
out of the people. How many of y'all know that the, the, the enemy is still trying to steal God's presence from our lives? Come on, they don't tell you, you sit down and say, I'm going to sit down and read my Bible. No, your kid will throw up. Uh, the washing machine will overflow. There's always something trying to remove the presence of God out of the center of your life and knock it down about five different places, right? But God wanted to be the center. He told Moses, he says, put the Ark of the Covenant at the center of, uh, of all of the people. God wants to be the center of our life. But there's always an enemy that's trying to, to remove his presence out of our life. And such as it is the Philistines, they come in and they take this Ark of the Covenant uh, uh, out of the children of Israel. And, and, and this news comes to this young lady. The first set of news she gets is she says the Ark of the Covenant has been stolen. Her father-in-law, his name is Eli, and he was the high priest. Only one person was allowed to go into that room where God's presence was. Whenever Eli heard that the Ark of the Covenant had been stolen, the Bible says that he fell off of his chair and he broke his neck. He died. So the, the Ark of the Covenant gets taken. God's presence gets removed. The high priest, the only person qualified to be around the Ark, he, drop, he, he breaks his neck. In the battle... Uh, that, that goes on this young girl her husband his name is Phineas he gets killed in battle I mean I know she's having a bad afternoon all of this comes to her um, just one right after another they come in they say your husband's been killed your father-in-law the high priest Eli he broke his neck the the, the presence of God has been taken out of, of, of the nation of Israel. And, and once she hears all of this news. Her water breaks. Just the turmoil of, of, of this happening. Her water breaks. And she begins to give birth. And that's where I want to pick up now. Because we're going to see how this girl. How this, how this young lady responds. 1 Samuel chapter 4 verse 21 and 22. They're going to put it up on the screens. If you don't have it, if you have your Bible, you can, you can, you can look at verse number 21, 22. After all of these circumstances have just happened, the Bible picks up here in verse 21. It says, and she named the boy Ichabod, saying, the glory has departed from Israel. Because of everything that's happened here, she decides to name her son Ichabod. How many of y'all know we've got to be careful whenever bad things happen that we don't name our future based on our present circumstances? I wish she would have named him Joy or Redemption. I wish she would have chosen a different name. But in the middle of everything that's happened, she decides, she says, I'm going to call my son Ichabod, which means the glory has departed. Now listen, in the English language, it's hard to describe God. So God gives us this word glory to describe himself. And it literally means kabod, means heavy or it means weighted. Uh, you could say the glory of God is the brilliance of God, the magnificence of God, the splendor of God, the expertise of God, the detail of God. I mean, he's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. I mean, we could go on and on about the extravagance of God, but he says, it's just called my glory. And whenever she named her, her boy uh, Ichabod, Kabod means glory, but she says, I'm going to name him Ichabod or the glory or the presence of God. The goodness of God has been taken away from my life, has been removed from me. 
And it goes on, it says, it says that, that because the capture of the ark of God, the death of her father-in-law and her husband, she said the glory has departed from Israel. The goodness of God, the presence of God has left me. For the ark of God has been captured. She's devastated, obviously. But her choice here to call her kid Ichabod just means God's not with me. God's not with me. And I understand that Christmas, Christmas is a magnifier. If things are going good, Christmas makes things even better. But if things are going not so good, how I many of y'all know Christmas makes things really, really worse? It makes things, if, 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 if you're not happy with, with life, and when you come into Christmas, Christmas just makes it that, that much bitter. And how I many of y'all know it's very difficult sometimes for people. This may be the first Christmas since the divorce or the first Christmas since, since, uh, since someone passed away. And, and, and it can be a difficult time. And in and, and her, for her, for her situation, she just says God's presence is not with us. He's not left us. I mean, I'm glad that there's more to the message. I mean, I'm glad we're not ending right now. Everybody dismissed. No, we're not, we're not dismissing. I mean, I know because there's still a baby to be born. And, and, and we always see in the Old Testament what, what, what the devil meant for evil. God always turns for good. And there's all, the king always has one more move. I remember my pastor, he, always, uh, he would tell the story of, of and this is a true story, in the Louvre, which is a very famous uh, uh, museum. There's, there's a painting hanging in the Louvre called Checkmate. And the picture of the painting is the devil and he's playing chess with an individual. And an individual has his head down. And, and, and the reason that his head down is because the, the demon in the picture has, has gotten, he won. It looks like he won. So at the bottom of the picture, it just says checkmate. In other words, the devil is saying, you have no more moves. I've got you here. You lose. But unbeknownst to the painter, that, that there would be a day that there would be a tour coming through. And within that tour would be a world champion a chess player. And the lady brings the tour through there and the chess player just stands there and looks at the painting for like 40 minutes. He's just standing there looking at it and the rest of the tour goes on. But then they finally come back and, and she asks him, she says, what, what are you doing? And he, she, he says, well, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a chess player. I'm a champion chess player and they're going to have to change the name of this picture. And you're going to have to change the name because the king has one more move. The king, has, the king has one more move. And I always think about that whenever I look at this story here. Because you see a woman who's, who's Ichabod. The glory of God has, has left. But our king. How many of y'all know there's always one more move? You got to change the names. I don't know what 2016 looked like. But I can tell you the king. He's always got another move. So now we're going to go to the next pregnancy. We're going to go to the New Testament. And this is the one that we're all familiar with. The one that we celebrate this year. For unto you is born in the city of David this night. I'm not, I'm not going to get ahead of my myself Luke chapter 2 it says now there was in the same country shepherds living out in the fields verse 8 through 14 there was in the same country shepherds living out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night and behold an angel of the Lord stood before them and what I want you to do I want you to underline what I want you to see here it says and the what y'all got it 
and the, what everybody say, glory. And the glory, the kabod, the heaviness, the brilliance, the expertise, the magnificence of God, the glory of the Lord shone around them. One young lady, thousands of years before, she says, God's left us. He's not with us. But here on this night, the night that we celebrate, the day that we celebrate, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord. How many of y'all wish you could see that? God, just give me a glimpse. Show me. Moses asked God, he said, God, show me your glory. And God said, I'll put you in the rock, which we know to be Jesus. And he says, and I'll cover you. No man can see me and live. But he says, and I'll let my goodness, I'll let my glory pass before you. That glory shows up. It splits the eastern sky on this night. Regular shepherds doing regular mundane things. But all of a sudden the the sky just opens. And the glory of the Lord shines around them. And they were greatly afraid. Well I guess so. And then the angel said to them. Do not be afraid for behold I bring you good tidings of great joy. Which will be to all people. We all know that that means you. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swathing clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel, angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. Well how many angels is that? You can just imagine. It's hard for us because we, we've seen this, this story played out so many times on stages. That, that, that you know to, to us it's like a flannel board or, or, or a puppet thing. Or you know it's, it's kids dressed up like shepherds. But I mean if you could have been there. First you've got this, this angel that steps out and makes this proclamation. And basically the, the proclamation is the glory of God's here. And then all of a sudden joined with him is a heavenly host of millions of beings like you have never seen in your life. Creatures. I mean just these. Oh man we could get into the book of Revelations where it de- describes some angels that have eyes all the way around their head. They have six wings. Two on their head and two on their back and two on their feet. I mean creatures like Hollywood has never dreamed up that magnificence of our God just opens up and rolls back heaven and and now they make this proclamation and the proclamation is it says that it says glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill towards men now I want to skip over to Matthew chapter 1 because this is his account of it and I'm just going to read one verse and here he says in Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 he says behold The virgin shall be with child and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel. Which is translated God with us. If you could boil the whole Christmas message down to three words. It's just the story of it's God being with us. He wanted to be with us in Eden. And that, that, that we messed that up. He wanted to be with us in the tabernacle, in the temple. But the Philistines in different situations, whenever they would take, make God not first place. And they would relegate him to other places. But all the while, God always wanted to be with us. God wants to be with you. He longs to be with you. Now, I don't know uh, if you've ever 
I've been in a serious relationship. Like me and my wife, we dated for a, uh, uh, over a year, a long-distance relationship. How many ever had a long-distance relationship? The first long-distance relationship I had was I, I met a girl at camp. How many ever met a girl at camp before? <laughs> Thank you, Jody. <laughs> I love it. Jody's like, I did too. <laughs> did you send her mixtapes, Jody? Because I sent mine mixtapes. I sent mine mixtapes of Brian Adams and stuff like that. That's who I sent mine. I would call the radio in and say, I want to make a shout out. How many of y'all remember shout outs? Can you please? Blah, 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 blah. And then you hit record so that you can record your shout out and then send her the shout out. Am I the only one? Some of y'all did that? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and then you break up. You got to take all your shout outs back. You know what I mean? Then you flip, then you, you could record over the tapes. Tell me on that. And then you could re, you record over it with new music and send them the new music. Yes, that was my first long distance relationship. I was, I was young back then, right? But my wife, whenever we were, whenever we were dating, I lived in Alexandria. She lived in Baton Rouge. And I wanted to be with her. I wanted Elizabeth with me. And uh, I would go to links to do that, right? It was easy. It was nothing for me to get off work and drive. Tired, don't matter, drink coffee, baby. It doesn't matter why, because I wanted to be with her, right? And, and, and even if it was just for a couple hours, how many ever drove a long time just for a couple hours? How many of y'all know those days are over? How many of y'all know now it's like, can you come meet me? It's like, babe, babe, I just got home. What are you talking about? My shoes are off. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> She's like, I need a ride. I'm broke down. He's like, babe, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> seriously, the game is on. It's like, but there was a time. It's like you drive, like just get off work, drive for two hours, stay there for like 45 minutes. It's like, I just had to see you. I just had to see you. And then, and then totally drive back, right? Because you just want to be with them. You just want to be with them. If you, look at, if you look at the story of God and man, over and over and over again, you just see him saying, I want to be with them. I want to be with them. If this, if this don't work, I'll, this, the, the, we'll go with this route. If this route ain't going to work, then eventually he says, I'll just send them my best. I'll pay for the whole thing, but I have to be with them. I have to be with them. And the story of Christmas is just God wants to be with us. So there's a couple things you understand. I could have given you a thousand things this morning about what it means when God is with us. But there's two I felt that, 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 I, should, that I should specifically give you. And uh, number one is that, that whenever we have God or whenever God is with us, that, that, that you're never alone. Come on, you can go through Christmas knowing you're never alone. There ain't nothing about you. You're never, ever alone. Even whenever you're going through a rough time, keeping Emmanuel or God with us spirit. It's easy to get an icky spirit sometimes. Right? This woman, she just got this icky spirit that God's lift us. God's glory's left me. God's presence has left me. But we have to be careful. Even whenever, even, even if 2016 wasn't the best best year that you've had I want you to know God's with you God's with you he goes to great lengths to be with you God's absolutely he's with you Psalms chapter 27 verse 10 he says when my father and my mother forsake me so even when your spouse leaves you even when your mama leaves you and you when your daddy leaves you whether they've gone on to heaven or they just leave you 
He says, whatever the situation, whatever the circumstance is, he says, the Lord will take care of me. The Lord will take you up. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. It says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Can I just say, if God's for you, it don't matter who's against you. Who cares who's against you? If God is for us. If God is for you, it don't matter who's against you. Come on, God is with you. In every trial, every tribulation, every circumstance, all the good, all the bad, God is with you. It don't matter who's against you. It says, he did not spare his own son, but he delivered him up for us all. How shall he not, how shall he not with him also freely give us what? All things. That just means he says, listen, if I gave you Jesus, I'll give you everything else you need. You can have 100% confidence that God's with you. So I lost my job. God's with you. I lost my mom. God's with you. I lost my spouse. God's with you. Listen, under every, every situation, he says, you can have this confidence. He says, if I didn't spare my only son, I'll freely, 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 with no strings attached, he says, I'll give you everything that you need. Psalms chapter 8, one of my favorite psalms in the whole Bible. And I got a bunch. Every Sunday, I'm telling you all something that's my favorite. So that kind of makes me a liar. But I just got a lot of them that I really like. But Psalms 8, I've always loved this psalm. At Psalms David, he says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. He says, Whenever I consider everything that you've created, watch this. He says, What is man that you're mindful of him? Come on, how many of you ever feel insignificant? You read a verse like this and you think of somebody that's created everything. And yet the angels, this is recorded if you actually read it. This is the psalmist writing from an angel's perspective. And an angel is saying, he says, I've seen you, God, create the heavens. And I've seen you create the, the moon and the stars. God, I've seen the work of your fingers. Everything that you've done. And, and you created man. And what is man that you're so mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him. Angels say, what, what is it about man that you're so enamored with God? He says, you've made him a little lower than the angels and you've crowned him with glory and honor. You've made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You've put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea, O Lord our God. How excellent is your name in all the earth. What's all that means? That just means God's with you. Whenever, whenever, you, whenever you have this settled in your heart, I want you to know that, that, that you're never alone. The second thing I want you to know is that you're never without help. The Bible says God is an ever-present help in the time of need. In the time of need, He'll help you. Because God is with us, we're always, we're, we're never without help. I'm never without help. Now, I like, I like help uh, from people. But how many of y'all know people will let you down? How many of y'all know people will disappoint you and they will fail you? It, it's just the reality. Even the people that are closest to you, your mother, your father, there'll be times whenever they can't help you and yet you're never without help. He is an ever-present help. But we have to draw upon that help, right? We have to have faith in that help. We have to declare that help. And we have to know, we have to say, God, you're with me. God's with me. God's helping me. I'm never alone. 
Psalms 121. I'm going to give you this and then I'll give you your third pregnancy. Psalms 121. He says, I lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my what? My help. He says, my help comes from the Lord. He made the heaven and the earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. I love this. It says, the Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He will preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Everybody say, the Lord is my help. He's an ever-present help. He's always there. You can always lean and you can always lean into him. Whenever you say, I don't quite know what to do. I want you to know he's, he's your help. The story of Christmas is God is our help. God is with us. He is Emmanuel. He's not Ichabod. And it's, it, again, I caution you, it's, it's, it's easy sometimes to get that Ichabod spirit. That, that, that the glory has departed and my best days are behind me. Or I'm getting old and my knees are popping down. And I had to get a stint in my heart. And, 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 and my kid, this happened to my kid. It's easy to, to get this Ichabod. But, but, but listen, we can't carry that. You have to carry this Emmanuel. God will help me. The Bible says even if a thousand fall at one side and ten thousand on the other side, it will not come nigh thee. That's what, that's the, the, the Psalms David says, it will not come nigh thee that, that we have to have this, that, this awareness. So, so the third pregnancy that, that I want to give you is, is the present day pregnancy. And, and I gave you an Old Testament girl that was just Ichabod. God's left us. <laughs> But our New Testament is, is when Jesus splits the sky and he says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm always here for you. The glory of God returned. And it wasn't just for one person. It was peace on earth. Goodwill towards who? All men. Come on, this is not just an isolated event. This is for all of humanity. The glory of God has returned for everybody. And now we can boldly say God is our help. But there's, there's a different, uh, there's, there's, there's God with us, but there's also this element of God in us. And uh, I, I, want, I want you to know that God's not just with you, but God is actually in you. So the third pregnancy is you. You're it. You're the third. Now, and I know if you're a guy here, you're like, excuse me, Reverend. Excuse me, if you don't mind. I'm going to push pause on this message right here. Cause, but, but listen, every guy in here has been pregnant. We're just usually pregnant with stuff. Right? We're usually pregnant with like, mmm. Mmm. Center console. Mako. 24 foot with 200 horsepower and holds see told you see he's pregnant right there he's got it right now he's he, he's he wants to give birth right now he says that's what i'm talking about <laughs> how many rods does it hold jeremy how many rods does it hold eight rods for trolling how many rods it's got what probably three live wells what else it got in it 
<laughs> Listen, we're pregnant with the new Titleist, right? It's about to come out January 2016. It's going to add 20 yards to my drive, right? Or 182-inch South Texas buck, right? We're, we're pregnant. Uh, is Tommy, Tom, Tommy's here. Uh, me, me and Tommy, we were, we were with, uh, he was showing me a new scope. Uh, and there's this scope called the X-Sight. And you put it on your gun and you, and you use your iPhone to move the scope where you want it to go. Come on, somebody. Listen, listen. If y'all want to know what to get reverend for Christmas right here. Everybody get out your pen. I'm going to give you a new blank. <laughs> it's called the 5 by 20 X-Sight Scope. You man, you sit there on your iPhone and you just like telling it where to go. And oh man, we watched some videos. Oh, I'm not even gonna get into it. Pedo, have a heyday with me watching these videos. Oh man, this thing it was it was just it was just right. So us boys, we, we act like that that we can't be pregnant, but but lots of times we're pregnant with with things, right? It's four wheelers or whatever, and we get it in the imagination of our soul. And these are things that that we think about and that we that that we want. But I want you to consider that Mary is a, is a microcosm for all of humanity. God, Mary is a picture of you, even as a man, even as a woman. God is a picture. A Mary is a picture of you. The seed of the word of God was planted within Mary. And that seed or God began to grow on the inside of Mary. We don't always think about this. But I want you to consider that a word, a seed was given to Mary. And God began to grow on the inside of her. After a month goes by, God is growing. Jaden, God is growing in Mary. Two months. God's growing. In Mary. Three months. God. Is growing. In Mary. There comes a point. When Mary feels God move. Mm. Now, I've never had. I've never had a kid myself. But my wife has had two. And there comes a point when that baby's on the inside that things begin to shift. Things begin to move. And that baby continues. That baby is growing. How many of y'all know it? Four months. Five months. God on the inside of her is getting bigger and bigger. And I can, I can only say what my wife has told me. But there comes a point in any pregnancy where you can really feel the movement of that child. How many of you have ever seen it before? It's like something out of Alien. Remember that? Like my wife would lift up her shirt and you would just see like an elbow like going across. There's a push, and I don't know if you've ever considered this, but Mary had God growing on the inside of her. And it came to a point where she could feel God moving on the inside of her. 
He's shifting. He's growing. He's pressing on some things. And, and he's making some things uncomfortable. How many women in here ever had a baby can attest? And there comes a point to where you can't take it anymore. Now I told you. That this is a microcosm for you and I. And what God did in Mary, He wants to do in everybody. God wants to put the seed of His divine nature on the inside of every person in here. And He wants to begin to grow on the inside of you. One month goes by, two months goes by. And as you walk with Him, God's growing on the inside of you. You start to feel that heartbeat. You start to get excited about God's growing in me. God's growing in me. I felt God today. God moved in me today. I felt Him. I've never felt God like that before. But I felt God today. I mean, I know God keep on moving as He gets bigger He'll start pushing and rearranging some things. And I don't know about you, but that God sometimes, He makes things pretty uncomfortable. How many of the Lord's ever made some things uncomfortable in your life? He makes it, he'll, re- he'll, he'll rearrange your priorities. Right? If you're an expecting mother, you start rearranging some of your priorities. Things start shifting and changing. And there are times whenever God gets downright uncomfortable. He'll push on you and elbow you. And I remember I, we would be, uh, we would be in, in bed laying there. And my wife would go, ooh. <laughs> I'm like, what's wrong with you? She's like, man, Noble just kicked me. Just kicked the fire out of me. Just kicked me. I mean, I know God's still kicking. God wants to take, he wants to put his nature, his word, his spirit on the inside of you. But he doesn't want it to just stay small. He wants it to grow and grow. God wants to grow inside you to a point that he has to come out. He, he, he wants to grow in you until a point that you have to. He has to come out. And whenever he comes out, he has to be introduced to your world. That, 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 that's, what, that's, God's, that's God's design. There came a point in Mary's life she couldn't hold Jesus in any longer. There came a point she couldn't hold God any longer. God had grown in her to a point that that he had to be introduced to the world. And that's the day that we all celebrate, right? We all celebrate this time whenever, whenever this girl, she's carrying God. God grows in her until a point to where God says, I can't stay here. I'm not just in you. I'm with you. And I'm not just with you. I'm in you. But I'm also, I have to be. I have to get out of you so that I can affect the world. And I mean, I know there's a lot of a lot of Christians that God's put some things in there, but but they never let it to grow, let it to grow. It's just premature in there, and, and and that baby needs some things. You have to you have to take care of that thing that God has given you. And if you will, He'll grow in you until a point to where whenever He comes out, He 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 changed everything. I think we can all agree that whenever God, whenever whenever Mary gave birth to Jesus, He changed everything. So you're the third pregnancy. I want you to know that God wants to grow in you. 
And he wants to grow in you to a point to where he comes out and changes everything. The, the last verse that I want to give you. Colossians chapter 1 verse 26. I'm closing with this. Colossians chapter 1. Everybody say God. Come on say it like me and say God. Is growing. In me. God's growing in you. Colossians chapter 1 verse 26. It says the mystery that's been kept hidden for the ages and generations. But it's now been disclosed to the Lord's people. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles. The glorious riches of this mystery. Which is Christ in you. The hope of what? Glory. So the third pregnancy is that you become literally. You're a carrier of a growing Christ in you. And that growing Christ in you is the hope of glory for humanity. In other words, for us just to carry enough Jesus for us. It's not going to work. He says, he says you have to let Jesus grow in you to a point. Because what you're carrying is the hope of glory. He is the one whom we proclaim admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom. So that we can present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end I stimulously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in you. So, so I'll, I'll, leave you the, I'll leave you with this. Ichabod or Emmanuel. Right? So we have to choose as, as we close out 2016. And some of y'all, 2016 was a great year. Some of you, it wasn't, wasn't so great. And if you're like me, there were parts of it that were highs. And then there were parts of it that were pretty disappointing. Right? It's just just kind of disappointing. But I refuse to carry the Ichabod spirit of God's with us. God, God left us. God's not with us anymore. No, no, no. We're, we carry into this next year. We carry into this next week the hope of glory. What we spread and what we proclaim and what we share is God's growing in me. God grew a lot in me in 2016. And God's continuing to grow in me. Some of you are new to Christianity. Some of you maybe haven't been to church in a long time. But I want you to know God, God, number one, He wants to help you. He wants to be with you. He wants to strengthen you and encourage you. He wants to be an ever-present help in the time of need. But He also, He wants to grow in you. And He wants to get big on the inside of you and rearrange some things. He wants to move some things and there'll be some uncomfortable moments. But if you'll allow Him... He'll change, he'll change everything within you, around you. He'll change it all. How many of y'all found that to be true? How many of y'all found it that whenever you, whatever you allow to grow, whatever you allow, he says, man, the good, good stuff comes up. And-